thank you for joining us today for the Conform to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. My name is George Mace, and with me, as always, is Jay Jones. Good morning. And this is Free For All Friday. Yes, it is. Got a couple of treats for you. Mm-hmm. How you doing over there? Well, we've got to save some of those uh, treats. Because we're tired of talking about the CRT stuff. We're just going to have to wait it another there's, week. But um, we have some crazy clips so for much. that to show. Yeah. But we've got one today, a wild one. Yep. The theme of this episode kind of is, um, what, what, do we, what, do we, what do we call it, George? Like military and what's a, how should a Christian view military and the use of violence? Yeah. How about that? Sure. Does that work? So should Christians be pacifists, or are Christians allowed in the military? Like, how do we do this? Can they serve in combat arms, or are they like should be like in the in the rear doing medical stuff or something? You know, uh, I'm guessing. I'm guessing since you served in the military that we already have the answer. Yeah, right? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for context, if you're listening and you know don't know where we are, we are in. Uh, Lawton, which is right next to Fort Sill, which is the home of the field artillery, uh, combat arms uh, branch of the army. Yep. And you know, so our church is filled with military people, uh, veterans, uh, children of military people, or veterans. Almost everyone's connected in some way. Not everybody. Uh, not everybody is, but obviously, it's that's the way it is. And when you're at a military town, so. Probably an important thing to talk about yeah. today, and we've got to kick it off. We've got a crazy video we're going to show, but before yeah. we do, before George, that, we've got to talk about the uh, the Ministry of Truth. Let's do it. They're at it again. They're gaslighting us, George. Ministry of Truth. Now it's uh, it's acceptable. Uh, Facebook now is uh, rescinding their ban on uh, any post stating that the uh, the coronavirus was man made. Yeah. What a strange ban, right? I mean, it's uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, so, so back when this this started a, a, over a year ago, yeah, the suggestion that it was man made would get you censored, yeah, yeah, or thrown in the Facebook thrown in the jail, face, thrown in the Facebook jail. Uh, so it was originally thought that um, this came from someone over in uh, Wuhan, China. Well, they, eating a bat, right? And that <laughs> we saw, we saw the thing. we saw the video of the uh, of the market, a wet market, which yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna say was super gross. Yeah, um, I'm sure that you could get sick from eating stuff out right. of that market. But <laughs> but the uh, the story was that someone ate a bat that had this virus, yeah. and it started being transmittable to humans yeah i don't i don't know exactly how all that works uh but the the mere suggestion that it was man-made was um was taboo yeah which and you know so president trump making the suggestions that uh, it was man-made that that this came out of a lab in wuhan yeah um calling it the china virus all of that was um criticized yeah people people have such a this is why uh you know the the trump derangement syndrome mm -hmm. like it's a real thing <laughs> right. um because someone that you hate 
says something that does, you shouldn't always just immediately jump that this is wrong, right? They might actually be right about something. Right. And that goes for everybody, you know? I mean, it goes for the right and the left. You need to examine things and use critical thinking and, and logic. I mean, we were talking about this last, like, March. Yeah. Even back then, I was able to find white papers, uh, research papers that were released um, from that lab in Wuhan. Mm-hmm. And I was able to like I'm not I'm not a scientist right, but I'm not a dummy either. Like I know how to read and like we read a lot and broadly. So um, I don't understand everything in this paper, but what I'm able to see is that they're research <laughs> they're doing research on coronaviruses and bats. Yeah. Right. How can they modify them to make them um, infectious to human humans? Now, the reason why, you can't discern exactly why, um, hopefully it's to make some type of a broad, um, some type of a broad, like, uh, medicine that can cure all coronaviruses. Like, that's the goal. Like, you get to keep taking a flu shot, like, every year. So scientists are kind of looking for this golden bullet, from what I understand, where they could immunize you one time, and it could cover every mutation that that occurs like all flu viruses Mm -hmm. all coronaviruses so they're doing these things but this type of research was banned in the united states yeah this information was not hard for me to find i'm not i'm not a a researcher i'm not a journalist uh, but facebook was banning any conversations i mean if you just use basic logic right there's one lab in the world in the whole world doing this research Mm mm-hmm on coronaviruses right. mo- and modifying them. Um, that's where it happens to leak. <laughs> right. So I never bought it. I mean, but you're and you're like, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. You're a QAnon. Like, no. Um, and, and they were saying this. There were people on the left um, that were that they were saying this too, but they shut them down as well. Yeah. It wasn't just shut down people on the right. You know, it was shut down everybody. Mm-hmm. But now I think everyone knew all along. They just couldn't do it because China makes all of our PPE, mm. right? And right. so we make China mad. They just shut off the supply chain, and then nobody has masks, nobody has gloves, nobody has any of the middle medical equipment we need, and it's just corona catastrophe over here. Yeah. What is, how stupid of a country are we? Uh, very, so, very apparently. we. Uh, it's all about money. Yeah. And um, you can make things cheaper in China, probably because they use actual slaves <laughs> and then we have you know millionaires over here lecturing us on um racial and human rights racial yeah. inequality and human rights yeah. over here in america while uh just defending china, china yeah and uh china and their their human rights abuse and um i mean we saw you know john cena yeah, had the, you know he he was being interviewed for Fast and the Furious Nine, and what was his major offense? Calling Taiwan a country. Yeah, and China got mad, and so he issued an apology. Right, and they essentially neutered John Cena before they did the watching world. The whole world. What a coward, dude! Um, was John uh, Cena a real all, was John about... Cena a real soldier, or does he just pretend to be one on WWE? <laughs> Do you know? I have no idea. I don't know. I'm gonna look it up right now. I'm okay. gonna go out on a limb and say this dude wasn't a real soldier. Okay. Uh, yeah, but he had to. Uh, 
he had to apologize to China for uh, for calling Taiwan a country. The majority of Taiwan, and there's a lot of history behind this. Um, China wants to uh, take over Taiwan and assimilate them into China. The from what I've read, the majority of the uh, Taiwanese people do not want to be a part of China. I can't imagine why. Mm-hmm. Could be because it's a communist regime. Um, but instead of instead of Americans, <laughs> instead of Americans uh, who are supposed to love freedom, instead of standing up for a country that wants to be free, instead we bow down to the Chinese dictator. Yeah, yeah, it's pathetic. Yeah, I love this. I, I googled this. Here's my answer. Did John Cena serve in the military? Answer, John Cena never served in the military, though he has played a Marine on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the apology. I mean, it's, they, they, they were going to lose millions, some, some set of billion dollars mm-hmm. if they didn't play their movie over there. Right. So the apology tour starts. So, of, course, of course, it's not, it's not actually about freedom. You can... You can talk about human rights all you want but it really is about the money yeah i mean all of lebron james's criticism what last year mm-hmm. was it 2019 yeah when uh it was last year it's been t- it probably year? both years both years uh defending china yeah um the nba yeah censoring people in the nba from talking about free free hong kong mm-hmm um, it's all about money. They, yeah. they don't actually care about human rights. If they cared about human rights, they would actually take a critical look at China and say, uh, China is one of the worst violators of human rights and, and liberty oh, in yeah. the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about the Uyghurs. There's actual, uh, might as well just call them concentration camps. Yeah. Um, they have. Mo- did, did you see Did you see John Kerry before the, the Senate committee? And he was asked about the solar panels, uh-huh. you know, because because the Democrats are pushing for this, you know, right clean clean energy, uh-huh. and um, he uh, he basically admitted that, uh, yeah, the the a lot of these solar panels are probably made by the Uyghurs, yeah, over in in China. For, so for, for our for our for our convenience and for our our comfort, forced slave labor. China has slaves making this stuff. When you go over to Southern California and you drive through the neighborhoods, George, I wouldn't recommend going there if you can avoid it. But if you do, they all have solar pan. There's solar panels all over the houses. They probably feel super good about it, George. <laughs> right, helping helping the world. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And made by slaves. Right. Um, it's the same with uh, you know the the uh, the the Green New Deal, yeah, and how Americans are constantly being um, guilted into thinking that we're the worst polluters on the planet. We're not even close, and we've got to. We're one got, of the cleanest. We've got to, we've got to, <laughs> we got to change all this stuff. We got to give up stuff so that we can. You know we can uh, we can save the environment, mm-hmm. and uh, who's who's the number one yeah, violator? It's China. it's China. We're one of the cleanest. Right? It's China. Yeah, like this is it's all about money. It's, it's all, all about, about money. money it's, it's money and control. Uh, we need to completely cut off China from from even the conversation. Yeah, and we need to start manufacturing things back in America 
don't rely on them for anything, man. Yeah. I can't believe that all our me- like we were put in that position. All mm-hmm. our medical stuffs made over there. That's insane, dude. Yeah. What a strategic fail on our uh, military leaders, right? Yeah. And those that plan mm-hmm. for long term things. Right. Yeah. How short sighted of them. It's, it's insane. I can't believe. I just can't believe it, man. You have to yeah. think like, what if we went to war with China? They're going to cut everything off, like, and we're not going to have any medical supplies. This is crazy yeah Do you so, see, so this is the 100th anniversary of the chinese communist party oh it is, it? Uh-huh. is, it, is it? yeah okay yeah. 2021 is the uh it's the 100th anniversary of the communist takeover in china all right yep wow wow so yeah we're being uh we're being we're gaslighted right that's where they you know mm-hmm. they uh they keep turning the lights down uh, and in this case, what they're trying to pretend, all the media is flipped, and now they're all talking about the lab mm-hmm. hypothesis. <laughs> right. When they, we just have to pretend like they didn't tell us all we were conspiracy theorists. Right. Including uh, Ed Stetzer, by the way, who said we were uh, conspiracy theorists. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I, I'll yeah, be taking an apology. Uh, it's, it is, um, it's 1984. Yeah. Uh, again, if you haven't read 1984, read 1984. It will blow your mind um how the left have basically taken 1984 as their playbook yeah and people just go along with it it's crazy it's the ministry of truth so the ministry of truth everything is 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 flip-flopped in 1984 so the ministry of truth actually is devoted to propagating lies yeah and uh, the the main lie is they've always been at war with this this one world power so there's there's three major world powers Mm -hmm. and um the the what is propagated is that two are always at war with one yeah but what the ministry of truth does is that they'll they'll every once in a while they'll they'll switch stuff so that you've always been at war with this other country and so and they'll redact stuff they'll they'll yeah. they'll look through all the publications and they'll change it so that you are brainwashed by big brother into thinking yes we've always been at war with this one it's world always power. been like this it's yeah. always been this even though they changed it they 15 changed, years they ago they changed it yeah 15 years ago and that's that's it. what that's what's happening before our eyes we've got we have a ministry of truth it's the media and they they change it. They change the narrative, and they're expecting you to forget. And well, we need to we need to be more discerning as Christians. We need to be more discerning. And truth is truth, and it doesn't matter what we're being told by the media. If it's true, if it if it coincides with reality, then that's that's the truth, regardless of whether Facebook is censoring it or not. Yeah, you could see this so clearly when just like maybe three weeks ago. Uh, Rand Paul was questioning uh, Dr. Fauci, mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, uh, people who have contracted COVID have natural immunity to the virus. They don't need to wear a mask, right? They have natural immunity. People who have been immunized, they don't need to wear a mask. And and Fauci's like, no, they still need to wear a mask. And so he's like, no. And he's he's telling he's telling Fauci, he's like, I want the data, the scientific data present it and he says you can't because all of the data shows <laughs> this and people were blasting uh Rand Paul mm. like you need to listen to the science well he was yeah right 3 weeks later yeah what is fauci saying 
He's saying the same thing that mm. Rand Paul was saying. The decision to change it was never based on based on the science. Yeah. It's always a political motivation to change it. They're trying to they were trying to manipulate people before into getting vaccines. Yeah. Right? And then they saw that wasn't a good tactic to use. The mm. the switch was if you get vaccinated you have natural immunity and you don't need to wear a mask. <laughs> right. So they just switched their tactic. Yeah. But the the whole goal was uh to bring about some type of societal behavior. Right. And when they saw this tactic wasn't working, they switched it. It wasn't based on science at all. Mm -hmm. And Rand Paul exposed that. Right. They're not being truthful. Did you see the Babylon Bee article that came out a couple of days ago? Uh, Dr. Fauci gets into an argument with uh, seven previous versions of himself. No. Yeah. It's pretty funny. <laughs> because he's just constantly changing what he what he says. Yeah. Dang, dude. Don't, we... don't follow these. The, the, uh, these... These little um, phrases, these little logo, you know, uh, follow the science. Yeah, like, actually follow it. Don't don't just follow what someone is telling you. Actually follow it. Well, here's here's what's scary about that. You say the follow the science. Um, let's talk about just propaganda and science. science uh -huh. Scientists for a minute. Okay, scientists right. are funded, uh -huh. and everything goes around money. Right. So what happened last year when when those in charge decided? They were going to shut down discussion on the lab. What happened? Well, scientists started publishing papers about mm -hmm. why it couldn't be true. <laughs> right. Like, and they and then they said there's a scientific consensus consensus mm -hmm. that this coronavirus evolved naturally. Right. Well, I know there wasn't consen consensus because I was able to find those talking about uh, those that had examined the virus saying that's an impossibility that they yeah. see markers in the virus itself that make it impossible that it has evolved naturally into the state that it's in. and But those guys were shut down because those in power and the majority, um, right. again, there's money tied to all of this. Mm -hmm. And how can you trust them? Like, how They're not this like neutral, morally <laughs> neutral people. Though they like to present themselves like to, that way. Yes, they do. And uh, now everyone's mm -hmm. switching their story all of a sudden. And right. it's not because they found new stuff. This stuff has been out there all along. There's one lady... I don't, she might have got disappeared. Did, do you remember seeing her? She was from China, and she was seeking asylum. I remember seeing her, but I have no idea what happened to well, her. She probably got disappeared. Yeah, I don't She's know She's like, they're going to gonna try to disappear me because I have evidence that it was created in the Wuhan lab. Yeah. Um, she's probably gone. Hmm. Yeah. Well, we... We, uh, we, we you, can see the, uh, you can see the idol in our culture. Mm-hmm. Because they they say things like follow the science, yeah. And if the science says this, you know, if the science says this, we're supposed to follow it, yeah. Because science has been made our god, yeah. And so you have to follow it, right. no matter what it says. And if it flips, just ignore just ignore that inconsistency and follow it because it it is our god, yeah. And for Christians, science is not our god. Right. If you actually do science as far as like testing, things should be testable. A theory should be testable and repeatable. Mm -hmm. um, and if it's if it can be tested and it's found to be repeatable, well, then it can move to fact. Yeah. It can move from theory to fact. And some theories maybe can't be proven 100%, but they're so repeatable and testable that everyone kind of is under the consensus, okay, like uh, we understand this to be generally true. Mm. That's that's doing science, right? Like science isn't 
what when people use the word science, that they don't usually mean what they've turned it into is. something it's not. Yeah, it's um, no. Yeah, you're right. So um, we don't usually follow the, we don't follow the science on a lot of things, right? Right. right. So um, we'll talk about women in the military. We don't follow the science on that. Right. We don't. Mm-hmm. What's going on in America and what's being pushed is that women can do anything a man can do. They can't. Yeah. Uh, like the, here, here's pure insanity. Okay, we don't need to do a social experiment and uh, try to get women in the field artillery on the gun line. We already know that they can't pick up a hundred pound round over and over and over all day long. Mm. They can't do it. So, do you need to enlist them in the military to do that little experiment to find out? Uh, apparently, our government thought so, and they <laughs> they tried to do that. Uh, it's pure, it's pure craziness, man. Yeah. Can't do it. So that that bridges us to this. Yeah, let's let's change let's change to the different. Let's get to, to the, mili- next, the military stuff. Yeah. Um, all right, we're gonna show this. This is about a five minute long uh, video because this crazy this crazy recruiting ad came out. Yep. For the for America's Army, it's pure craziness. I'm not even gonna describe it. I'm just gonna let the full <laughs> effect of it hit yeah. when I show. This video is China's recruiting video, mm-hmm. uh, Russia's, and then the last one they'll show is the U.S., okay? okay? I'm excited if, to watch. If you don't understand that our country is under uh, God's judgment, you're going to understand after you watch this, because it is straight crazy, all right? Um, the military is not a game, Right. right. This is for real, real life, mm-hmm. life and death stuff, right? This is very serious stuff. Um, but this video is going to launch us into a discussion about uh, how we should Christians should view the military and view violence. Um, yeah, I, we're going to have to describe it for those that are listening because uh, they can't see. So I, ask, you know, I would I would encourage you, even if you normally uh, listen, to watch this video. Yeah. You're just not going to you're you're not going to get the full effect. Yeah, you you're not going to unless you watch it. We'll we'll try gotta, to describe you gotta watch it. This. We'll describe it a Let, little let's, bit. Let's let's just watch the whole thing and then and then describe it. Okay. Well, we may say these are tanks. Yes, right. These are jets. Yeah. Here we go. China.
改革强军，征途如虹。历史告诉我，改革创新与时俱进，是人民军队不断发展的康庄大道。人民军队的力量来自改革创新，人民军队的胜利来自改革创新。祖国召唤，我必到。我有战，刀必回。一声道，一声道。Это Russia. Первый день твоей новой жизни. То, что было вчера, не имеет значения. То, кем ты был прежде, уже никого не волнует. Теперь важно то. Кем ты будешь сегодня? Что ты знаешь о себе? На что ты способен? Вопросы могут остаться без ответов, но разве ты сможешь потом спокойно спать? Узнать себя, познать границы своих возможностей. К черту границы! Ты готов ломать себя до изнеможения? Каждый день здесь боль закаляет. Шрамы, повседневность. Это ты решил себе что-то доказать. Командир здесь только для того, чтобы ты мог увидеть в нем врага, потому что без врага нет боя, а без боя нет победы. На самом деле, главный враг — это ты. Вчерашний ты. Твоя задача — выследить врага, догнать его, превзойти, стать лучше, чем он, и вернуться назад победителем. Потому что завтра — первый день твоей новой жизни. Here we go. America. Story of a soldier who operates your nation's Patriot missile defense systems. <laughs> it's it's sad, man. It begins in California with a little girl raised by two moms. <laughs> China's trembling. Yeah. <laughs> Although I had a fairly typical childhood, took ballet. Played violin. I also marched for equality. I like to think I've been defending freedom from an early age. <laughs> When I was six years old, one of my moms had an accident that left her paralyzed. Doctors said she might never walk again. But she tapped into my family's pride to get back on her feet. Eventually, standing at the altar to marry my other mom. With such powerful role models. I finished high school at the top of my class, and then attended UC Davis, where I joined a sorority full of other strong women. <laughs> But as graduation approached, I began feeling like I'd been handed so much in life—a sorority girl stereotype. Sure, I'd spent my life around inspiring women, but what had I really achieved on my own? One of my sorority sisters was studying abroad in Italy. Another was climbing Mount Everest. I needed my own adventures, my own challenge, and after meeting with an army recruiter, I found it—a way to prove my inner strength and maybe shatter some stereotypes along the way. I'm U.S. Army Corporal Emma Malone Lord, and I answered my calling. 
Oh, there you go. Hey. Oh. Watch out for <laughs> one, America. One of, the, one of these commercials is not like the others. <laughs> oh, man. Two two things that stood out to me. Um. Well, I mean, there's, there's a lot that stood out. I mean, the fact that America's commercial is half cartoon. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you could tell the difference between the, the music. Oh, yeah. All right, so the two the two big things that stuck out to me is, is one, when you looked at the Chinese and Russian commercials, I didn't see any women. I saw a couple women in the, the Chinese one. Did you? Yeah, okay. they were doing like a, some medical. Work. I did see the medical and yeah, the, and the, like the um, the astronaut. Yeah, the I lit- think they were making the this. They were looking at the suits. Okay. Uh, the second one is in the Chinese one, especially the Chinese one. But the Russian one also, it uh, was about the army. Uh-huh. It was about the the group. Yeah. The American one was about the individual. Yeah, it was. It was all about her goals. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. China and Russia were all about, uh, you can't understand what they're saying. I mean, if you're, you know, we only you know can one get language. It from the but you can get it from the imagery. It's all about their home, their homeland. It's all about the homeland. And so, uh, you had the, you had protecting you know your your family yeah the russian guy laying with his with his presumed wife yeah in the field but the american one it was it was all about self-fulfillment yeah what have i i what you know i haven't i haven't accomplished anything in my life yeah yeah that's you're not gonna you're not going to be all in ready to lay down your life to defend well i just want to be you know, I just want to fulfill my calling. Yeah. But your home, your family, your way of life, right. those are things that you'll you'll lay down your life for. Right. Yeah. Um they couldn't be any further apart. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine what it was like watching it as someone who was in the military. Yeah. We're in trouble. We're in big trouble, man. Um I mean the the Chinese the Chinese one was all about, I mean, just total annihilation. Mm-hmm. Like just firing off just a barrage of missiles the american one you can't even show the real yeah there's no the real stuff on. it's got to be a cartoon uh, like they show a cartoon guns of this stuff going missiles uh-huh. running from fire yeah um yeah danger now i remember american commercials looking like that yeah like growing up i remember watching like the marines yeah um and they're in they're in the line of fire they're in danger right and they're a force that you don't want to run up against. But this commercial, I mean, it's just laughable. Well, the reason they're doing that is because, you know, so many people spend so much time talking about how evil America is. Mm-hmm. How are you going to recruit kids that have grown up being taught that America is evil? They need to lay down their life for this country, mm-hmm. right? So you've got to now pitch to them individual their individual self-fulfillment yeah that they've got to accomplish something and they can and they can do it there rather than this is uh, a great country and you uh you ought to you ought to serve it so many have served before mm-hmm. you and you kind of stand on their legacy right and you ought to serve as well and and that's a great thing to to it's selfless service is yeah. what it is you're putting others before yourself and patriotism. There's no patriotism anymore. It's gone. Patriotism yeah. is is evil, of course, right? Yeah. Patriotism is part of white supremacy. Nationalism. Right. But so, George, is 
is it the same in Russia? Is is it part of white supremacy there? <laughs> right. Or in China? Yeah. Is it like uh is it supremacy for them? Well, they're considered people of color, so is that like people of color supremacy in China? Yeah. For them to appeal to their nationalism and their pride. Right. It is in America though, right? So you can't have any patriotism in your in your mm. recruiting videos anymore. Right. Um, because all that's that's uh that's bad stuff. Yeah. Uh, but we're in trouble, man. We talked about this. You know, you think you should think about your army, your military. You need to think about your military like you would think about your football team, right? And everybody loves Friday night football in America. Everybody loves it, right? You're there for your team, and you want your team to win, right? And there's more than just the players on the field, you know. Uh, but what you don't do is you don't say, "Hey, you know what? We really need we need on our Friday Friday night football team when we're going up against our rivals. What we need is diversity on this team." We need we need to make sure this football team is represented uh, totally equally mm-hmm. uh, of all uh, all people who whatever gender they would say that they are they need to be out there too George mm-hmm. uh, whatever their sexuality right we need to have lesbians on the football team too um, we need to have women women need to be on the football team uh, no you know why because you want to win you want to win so you know who, who do you want on your football team. Well, you want you want the biggest, baddest guys. You want the biggest, baddest, meanest guys mm-hmm. to step on the football field, and when they step on the football field, it's war, and you want them to actually pummel right. the other team. You want them to win. You're playing to win. You're playing for keeps. And you know what? Women are part of that too. Uh, if you look out on most Friday night football light, uh, you know who who the uh, the water people are. Oh, they're girls. Who would the trainers be? Mm. Well, they're probably they're probably females. Many of them are not always, uh, but those are roles that can and they're part and they're part of the team. They're participating. Right. Um, the military is like football, but for for keeps. Right. Like you're playing for keeps. This is life and death. The purpose of the military. It used to be. I mean, there's part of the soldier's creed that says, "I stand ready to deploy, engage, and destroy the enemies of the United States of America." In close combat, mm. like that means if your weapon you run out of you run out of ammunition, you pull out a knife and you stab to death until it's all over. Yeah, right. That's you're indoctrinated with this mindset. You're a soldier. You exist to destroy the enemies of the United States of America. Right. You sh- we're not a peacekeeping force. Right. You send us somewhere. We're going to destroy everything in our path and kill everyone in our path until they surrender. That is the military. Yeah. I'm sorry if that's if you have a different idea about what the military is. It's not a peacekeeping force. We're not the Peace Corps. And so, who do you want in your military? Well, the same ones you'd want on your football team. Yeah. You want the baddest, most athletic, most physically fit, most mentally strong, mentally stable people that can that can wield violence in a controlled manner without becoming so- psychopaths. Right, you don't want psychopaths that love killing people in your military. They need to be identified and kicked out of the military. But you, you want you don't want the you don't want the guy on your in your squad that when he uh, has leave on the weekend dresses in a frilly dress and thinks he's a woman. Well, I, I would say you'd want the most mentally stable people, <laughs> right? Right. Right. And you know we'll be called bigots for this, but of course the. Uh, what what is the uh, the the American Psychiatric Association? What is it the D, the DM uh, DMV or whatever? What do they call the, the their manual? 
Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay, well, they change that, and they don't change it according to science. Mm -hmm. They change it according to political pressure. And uh, that would be classified as uh, some type of mental disorder, mm -hmm. right? Um, now, you want, you want mentally stable people that are able to handle that pressure, the most physically fit, able to do it. And women can have a role in that. Right. They, and it's, you know, this is my belief. They can serve in uh, logistical roles. It's vital. You can't, I mean, we have the best log, uh, logistical side in the world. That's why our military is so good. Right? That's, why, that's why we had such, such success in World War II, mm -hmm. because we were able to get food, medical supplies, and all that to the people that needed it in other countries that like, just couldn't do it. So yeah. logistical side, medical side, uh, <clears throat> women can play a role in that. The combat stuff, I'm, I'm old school, right? And I think... You need to have the best. And I don't mean just uh, they just need to be all men because men need to get discriminated against as well, and they right. need to get put out. Mm -hmm. um, when I when I had command of a battery, um, see, I, I'm, I'm like old school military, George. I probably don't apply to the, like, the, the type of people who are in command today, right? I kicked out, I think, 13 or 14 soldiers out of the Army in 12 months. Right, you can't pass PT. Um, you're gone. Yeah, this is your job. Right, no excuses. I don't like we. You get paid money to do this. Yeah. You signed up. You knew what you're signing up for. Mm. You can't keep yourself physically fit. You're a danger to all of us. That's how I look at you. Yeah, you fall out of a run. You're a danger. You're a danger to all of us. If we were to deploy, uh, you can't shoot. You're gone. Um, you have you have a lack of discipline. You're done. Right, you have to follow the process. The military has a process for all of this, but uh, get the weak links out. Go, uh, and those are those are all men. Yeah, right. So, um, and I and I served. We, we understand this. Like your your illustration, your comparison between um, football and and the military. Like we understand this in athletics. Mm -hmm. you, you we we are entertained by the biggest baddest football players. It's the it's the most athletic basketball players and baseball players like they're they're the they're the yeah. ones right because <laughs> you want to win you right. want your team to win but then when it comes to the military all of a sudden it's got to be woke right and it's um it's a bizarre thing to see listen we have great technology and that's why our military is we are we are advanced we're probably still twenty years ahead of China militarily because of our technology. But all the technology in the world is not going to save you from a 10 million man army. Right. When they have physically fit males on the march, and what we have are beta males who have the bone density of an eight-year-old boy, we aren't going to win. Mm -hmm. We're in trouble, man. Yeah. We're in big trouble. Um. I don't know. I don't. I don't have. Sleep, I don't. I'm sleep, not even going to propose an answer. Well, sleep well tonight. <laughs> I don't even know what the answer is. <clears throat> sleep well tonight, knowing that this uh, this this woman who grew up with two moms, right, and was so uh, inspired by them, joined the military not to protect you, yeah, but to uh, to answer her call to to feel like she has a sense of accomplishment. Yeah, sleep, sleep well, knowing that you're on her mind. <laughs> <laughs> so how does this how does this fit with the biblical worldview? I mean, we're talking about 
destroying living people. Mm-hmm. Like we're we're talking about killing others. How does this line up with the scripture? Because there would be Christians who would say we need to be more compassionate. Yeah, we need to seek not to destroy, but we need to find non-lethal ways to end con- conflict. Right. So and- how how does this how's this line up? Um, I I remember Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't remember. I I think it. I don't know if he was president yet or if he was campaigning, but he looked at um, Matthew chapter five. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Yeah, and he said our own state, our our own defense department can't live up to the Sermon on the Mount. Right, and there would be, I think, even Christians, but there would be people in the world. Yeah, who would say you're right. The, the Defense Department should, doesn't, and we should. Mm-hmm. We should be peacemakers. Right. So how do we, how do we answer something like that? Um, well, I think, it is, I think we should all be seeking peace and to be peacemakers. Always should seek nonviolent resolution whenever possible. Always. Military should be a last resort. This is a last resort. Uh, but when you push that button, it's not, hey, I'm going here to have a conversation. Like, I'm going here to achieve peace as quickly as possible. Um, so the first thing you'd have to ask is, does the Bible teach the, what is the word, uh, pacifist stance? Mm-hmm. No violence ever, no matter right. what. Or does it teach a different stance? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think the Bible teaches a different stance. Like, I don't, I don't think the Bible teaches... Um, that we can't defend ourselves. And you should see your military as that. Now, the military can be employed in ways that are unethical, right? That's not the individual soldier's job to discern that. Those in leadership will be held accountable to God by how they employ the military. And there are also things that you don't know, like that we don't get access to that they see. Like, So if they deploy and they say, this is vital to our national defense and our national survival, like, the people in the media are never going to get the intelligence that they have. We're never going to get it. Um, so what we need to talk about is, I think, why do we believe the Bible doesn't force us to take a pacifist stance, right? Um, so if you take a pacifist stance and somebody did break into your house, you just let them kill you. Well, I mean, <laughs> right? John, John Piper, he, he got a lot of slack yeah. when he uh, he said that several years ago that he didn't even know if he could defend his wife right. if someone was attacking her. Yeah. And um, I, I think we've even talked about it on the, on the podcast. That's just a ridiculous, that's a ridiculous thought. <clears throat> right. The, uh, the Bible, God never, God never calls us to, um, now we can be victimized. People can victimize you. Mm-hmm. Like they can verbally abuse you. They they may even uh, insult you by slapping you or striking you. Yeah. Um, but your wife's made in God's image. She's an image bearer. And you're to love her. Right. So your choice is allow one image bearer to be killed, stand there and do nothing, or kill a different image bearer. And save another image bear, right? Difficult choice, but I think the choice is uh, clear. 
I think anyone who <laughs> is put in that situation... <laughs> We're supposed to love our wives as Christ loved <laughs> right. the church. You're not even going to have to think about it. Christ didn't stand stand by while his, his bride was being killed. Mm-hmm. He stepped in, mm-hmm. right? And he know, steps he, in at the end. He steps, yeah, he stepped in to lay down his life. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's he's going to be an avenger when he comes back. He he is going to bear the sword against those who have violated his bride or trying to destroy his bride. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we, there there are relevant passages uh, to look at. Um, well, maybe we should talk. Maybe since I brought up Matthew five, maybe we should start there. Okay. And so, how would you answer Barack Obama? Mm-hmm. How would you how would you answer someone that said, "Blessed are the peacemakers"? Our our own defense department can't live up to those standards. Right? How, how would you how would you answer someone that that used that line of mm-hmm. of reasoning? Um, I, that it doesn't apply to militaries. <laughs> that would be the first thing Jesus isn't talking about. He's that's not even in his mind mm-hmm. as he's talking about this. <laughs> right? He's not ta- thinking about. Uh, He's not thinking about that. He's speaking of this. Is, this is how we live on the down and street, the the, the street level, yeah. or the the dusty road level in in Jesus' time. Is there anything in the text that would help us to to know that? Um, are you talking about the striking on the other cheek one? No, the, just the blessed are the peacemakers. Um, I don't know. What, what are you trying to get at? Well, to get there I mean, and look. just the just the context. Where he says, where where Matthew writes, seeing the crowds, he went yeah. up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples right came to him right. Like these are not instructions to just the world in general. Yes, they're instructions for this is this is what it looks like if you want to be a disciple. Yeah, he's talking to to his followers, mm-hmm. and then he gives instructions. You've heard it said, then I say to you, and he gives the the true uh, truer sense of of what. Um, God is speaking of in the Old Testament. Um, so how do you live as a disciple? And one relevant passage is the striking on the other cheek one. That's yeah. the one people use to uh, justify their pacifist position. So mm-hmm. yeah, Jesus said, if someone strikes you on the cheek, you're to turn the other cheek. Yeah. Look, he, he means you don't retaliate. And I think that's right. You don't retaliate. Do not resist the one who is evil. Yeah. And he's not talking about them trying to kill you. That's a, he's talking about them insulting you. So to be struck in context would, uh, I think, inform us that this is a backhanded strike, that you've been smacked across the face, mm-hmm. right? And perhaps even to provoke you into some type of to physical uh, retaliation. You to turn the other cheek, because what's going on is not really that your life's being threatened, but it's more like, your reputation is being threatened. They're challenging you publicly. And he's saying, uh, be willing to to be mocked publicly and to be shamed publicly. If someone were to strike you in that way, you turn the other cheek. Uh, give them the other cheek too. Um, and I think we know that this is the case because there's a, a relevant passage. I think it's in Luke. Is it in Luke where he talks about buying a sword mm-hmm. if you don't have one? Yeah. Where's that at? Do we, we want to go over there? Yeah, maybe go over there. Okay. This is uh, Luke chapter 22, and it's uh, this is actually part of his farewell discourse. Mm-hmm. It's too bad you, you couldn't talk about this when you were doing John 
14 through, <laughs> through 17. Yeah. <laughs> because he's he says this somewhere in the same time mm-hmm. that he's that he's doing that. Uh, it's right after uh, he he predicts that's, that that uh, Peter's going to betray him. It says uh, he said to them, "When I sent you out with no money bag or knapsack or sandals, did you lack anything?" They said nothing. He said to them, "But now let the one who has a money bag take it, and likewise a knapsack, and let the one who has no sword sell his cloak and buy one." For I tell you that this scripture must be fulfilled in me. And he was numbered with the transgressors. For what is written about me has its fulfillment. And they said, look, Lord, here are two swords. And he said to them, it is enough. Yeah. All right. So he's he's preparing them for what's going to happen after he's crucified. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's preparing them for their ministry yeah the ministry of going out they're they're gonna they're gonna go out to unknown places mm-hmm. around the world and he tells them to bring your money right uh bring bring you know a, a backpack that's got your stuff in it yeah um and if you don't have a sword sell your cloak and buy a sword yeah you're you're gonna be traveling the roman road system right right the, the pretty advanced roads mm-hmm. This is why Rome was so powerful. They had this incredible road system, right. and you could go anywhere by walking. Literally, you could like walk anywhere and then catch a boat to the other side and keep walking mm-hmm. all the way to Rome if you wanted. Yeah, and that's dangerous because there are people on those roads. People don't understand. Not only would they that could they rob you and kill you, but there was a very lucrative business of stealing people and selling them mm-hmm. into slavery. Right. You know, you get. You get jumped, knocked out. Next thing you know, you wind up, you know, you're across the Roman Empire on your way to Spain, mm-hmm. um, and that's what that's what he says. Take a sword because it's a dangerous world. The the only I mean, you could probably do gymnastics to get around what he's saying, but the only way that I can I can understand verse thirty six is he's telling you to take a sword with you for self defense. Yes, that's the only way that I can understand it. Right. Um, now verse, verse 38, you got some disciples who are a little eager. (laughs) We've got two swords right now. He's not yet. (laughs) Like he knows he's going to be betrayed. Right. Peter's going to, you know, cut off the, the ear of Malchus. Um, and, uh, so it now, now is not the time. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not saying now, but in the future when you go out because you've got um i think i think matthew goes down to africa thomas goes to india um you've got them going up into um you know germanic territory up up north there this is this is dangerous dangerous territory yeah and um he's not telling them go and just uh die Right. by bandits on the road right. you can defend yourself and I, I that's the only way i can understand yeah the, this verse is that he's telling them <clears throat> to make sure that you have make sure you're uh you're packing what's interesting right? what's interesting about it <clears throat> is it appears the stance of the disciples would become um if when preaching the gospel we receive persecution we don't resist mm-hmm. even if that means we give up our life right in the act of preaching yeah uh and proclaiming the good news but while you're on your way to do that, <laughs> right, right, you don't have to just let somebody victimize you and kill you. Die for the gospel. You don't have to just be killed. You don't have <laughs> right. to just be murdered. I'm just on that, my way somewhere. It's it's not uh, it's not you know a virtue of Christianity that we just allow ourselves to be murdered right. <laughs> by just whoever 
that that's why I, I think that we can even use this verse to defend having a gun in your house yeah. for self-defense. Yeah. Um, caring for, for self-defense, I, I think, is is allowed yeah. uh, by this verse. Mm-hmm. I don't think that... Uh, I think Piper is absolutely wrong. If yeah, someone, I think he's wrong If too. someone breaks into your house, um, they're fair game, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that doesn't mean that you have to uh, set up a bunch of booby traps to uh, you know be entertained by their death. Right. Um, and it doesn't mean that you have to just immediately start blasting them. We talked about this right. um, last year. You know, if the the Deuteronomy talks about this. If if someone breaks into your house at night and you kill them, you're innocent. But if it's during the daytime and you kill them, then you'll have guilt. Right. Um, so because you're able to see, what you're able doing. to see them. Right. You're able to see, and are they, they trying? And they can see you. They're, you're able to see. Are they there and they're unarmed and mm-hmm. they're just trying to snatch my PS5? <laughs> But you're not going to kill a living human being because they're stealing your PS5. Right. And they're no threat to you at all. Yeah. At nighttime, you don't know. Right. So you don't wait to find out. It's too, <laughs> la- it's too late then. Right. Yeah. 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 So, you know, point your gun at them in the daytime and say, you better get out of here. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I think self-defense is allowed. I think even, too, it, it could be immoral to see um, somebody harming another person and mm-hmm. to do nothing. Right. If you didn't use physical violence to stop another person from hurting another person, I think that could be cowardly and immoral. Right. And that moves us back into the realm of the military. Mm. It would have been immoral for America not to have joined in with the Allies in World War II. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that it was it was Japan attacking us that, that pushed us into that, but after after all the stuff about um, what what the Nazis were doing with with the Jews mm-hmm. um, for the uh, the aggression that would have wiped out Britain um, for America not to have helped mm-hmm. would have been immoral for them yeah um, because uh, the Nazis were attacking innocent people right yeah yeah that's right um, and, and we see that um, the military is it, it's not a sin to be in the military yeah even the roman military now, which, which this, was which was um an oppressive they force they were for, occupying right now this we'll take a little extra time cuz this is very interesting to think about mm-hmm. okay uh, but you you uh you helped us to move on i think you're going to you're going to take us to to john the baptist mm-hmm. first yeah um and then we'll look at another passage so Take us to John the Baptist, and these are Roman soldiers, right? So set up the. I'll set up the background while you're flipping your Bible there. Yeah. The the uh, the Roman Empire has total control and total power of of where they occupy, mm-hmm. right? When they occupy somewhere, they'll send in a military presence that's there permanently, an outpost. Um, so you'll have these different Roman legions and centurions uh, heading up, and. and leading up these cohorts of soldiers. And there's military presence everywhere. If you were alive in Jesus' time, you saw Roman soldiers probably every day. Right. Their presence is there, ever. Um, it's very interesting to think about. Like, if you put it into the American framework of how they talk about things, these are the oppressors, right? Right. And they interact with John the Baptist, they interact with Jesus, mm-hmm. 
and their interaction are very interesting, and yeah. I think they can help us to understand if we can serve in the military or not. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, John the Baptist is out in the wilderness, and he's baptizing, and he's he's preaching the gospel. He's he's preparing them for Christ to come, and he he. Um, exhorts them to bear fruit in keeping with repentance. So you can't just come and be baptized and go off and and just continue living your wicked lifestyle. He he blasts the religious leaders for their hypocrisy. Um, and then in verse 10 of Luke chapter 3, uh, it says, the crowds asked him, what then shall we do? And he answered them, whoever has two tunics is to share with him who has none, and whoever has food is to do likewise. Tax collectors, these were... Um, uh, the the dregs of society for Israel, they they would spit on tax collectors. Uh, ta- tax collectors also came to be baptized and said to him, teacher, what shall we do? He doesn't tell them, stop being a tax collector, go get another job. He said to them, collect no more than you are authorized to do. So the tax collectors, they'd often skim a little. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then verse 14, soldiers also asked him, and we, what shall we do? He doesn't tell them, uh, you know, leave the leave the army. You guys are part of the oppressing class, right? He he doesn't guilt them, mm-hmm. right? He said to them, "Do not exhort, do not extort money from anyone by threats, by false accu- or by false accusation, and be content with your wages. So don't abuse people. Yeah, don't uh, don't rob people because you can. You can. You, you know, don't uh, don't extort people by saying." Don't you know that I can destroy your? I whole, can destroy your whole, whole life. Village. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I can. You know. Don't you know I can? I can go tell my superior that you're an insurrectionist and you'll be hanging on a cross. Yeah. Right. Don't 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 abuse people. Mm-hmm. Don't. He doesn't say leave the army, go find a a more virtuous occupation. Mm-hmm. He says be a good soldier, be a righteous soldier. Don't don't uh, don't abuse people by being a soldier. Yeah, that's right. Now, this next one is Jesus' interaction with a centurion. Now, centurion <clears throat> is a leader of a hundred. Um, very, probably a very gritty, battle-hardened person, because a centurion rises up through the ranks, right? They're not an appointed, uh, this is not an appointed pos- a position that you can get if your family has influence in Rome. Right? You're going to live through many battles, be a seasoned tactician, warrior, leader of men, uh, probably in the service for a number of years. He's an officer. Well, kind of. <clears throat> it's like the blending of an officer and a first sergeant today. Um, if you were to blend those two together, he'd have all the authority of an officer, but he would have risen through the ranks like a first sergeant. And so Jesus has this interaction with him. It says, when he had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward and appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. So Jesus says, I'll come and heal him. Mm -hmm. And the centurion replies, I'm not worthy to even have you come under my roof. He doesn't say, first you have to divest yourself of your whiteness. No, no. He doesn't say, hey, listen here, oppressor. These are Jews (laughs) or my people. Right. Right, This is a... This is a problem for those who say that Jesus came identifying himself with the victim class and to overthrow the oppressor. Because here's the be oppressor. A, be a revolutionary. Here is the the picture of 
mm-hmm. the Roman Empire, right? The militaristic, violent Roman Empire. Um, the centurion and Jesus says, "I'll come and heal him," and he doesn't say, uh, "You know what you said." But he, the centurion says, "I'm not even worthy to have you come to my house. Just say the word, and I know he'll be healed." Because I too am a person under authority, right? And so he recognizes in Jesus things that even the Jews aren't recognizing. He's recognizing that Jesus has authority to speak the word. How does he have this? I don't know. But if you keep reading through the story, uh, and, and by the way, he does it, and, and his, his servant is healed. Jesus points the centurion out, like he's like he stops at all the disciples, and he's marveling at this guy's faith. Mm-hmm. And he tells them, I haven't found faith like this in all of Israel. Right. And he tells them, I'm telling you that in that day many will come from the east and the west uh, and recline at the table, you know, at this final banquet with God, but the children of Abraham will be cast out. He uses centurion as a model of what saving faith looks like. Right. Um, he doesn't tell him to get out. He doesn't say, hey, man, could you get out of the... Well, maybe don't get out yet. Maybe try to get your military to leave and stop occupying us. Mm-hmm. You guys oppressors, you oppressors, victimizers. Uh, you know, get be, out of be here. Be an advocate. Be an advocate for us. And he doesn't do any of that. Mm-hmm. He d- and he doesn't tell him, hey, you're, you're in an immoral profession. Right. Get out. Mm-hmm. Now, you have, to, you have to wrestle with this. Now, this is strange. I was thinking about this. George, because of something, you know, Thomas Sowell, you say his name, mm-hmm. Sowell? I think that's how you say it. Uh, he's like a kind of a philosopher, economist, yeah. brilliant mind. Uh, he's, he's a black man, mm-hmm. but he's kind of been shunned. Like, yeah. they, want, they want black voices out front. <laughs> right. Just the kind they like. <laughs> right. He doesn't fit that. Yeah. He, he was talking about um, the history of how the world progresses, and it plays into this. It's a sidebar, but it plays in... Um, when a powerful government colonizes another people, like colon, colonization is a bad, bad word, right? right? Terrible. Right. What he says when he studied this stuff is that whenever people are colonized, yeah, you don't like it, right? It's not good. Yeah. But wherever that happens, usually what follows is a period of prosperity and peace mm-hmm. and a skyrocketing of the value of life, even for the most common person, the commoner. Yeah and increase in wealth, education, and health. Mm. Um, And so I think Jesus has a correct view of how the world has fallen, the providence of God, which is the providence of himself, and how he's established this empire at this particular period of time to bring about what's called the Roman peace, the Pax Roma, right? Mm Mm-hmm. The Roman peace is a is a great period of prosperity, right? Rise in, in uh, education, technology, health, prosperity, and it laid the the found this this kind of like uh, environment where the gospel could go forth at like incredible speed yeah. for this time. Um, we don't often have the same view of the way God's providentially worked in the world. You've got to have a, as, as a Christian, you have to have a high view of God's sovereignty and his providence. Mm-hmm. That um, the way the world is right now is because of God's sovereignty. Right. 
and we don't understand all the all the ways that God in his providence works. We're that's that's not our we're not privy to that information. But we are privy to the fact that it is God's providence mm-hmm. that nations rise and fall, kings rise and fall because of God's sovereignty. Um and it's all it's all to bring this world to its its prepared end. Right. And uh, we we don't know why certain things happen, but we do know that they do happen because of God's sovereignty. Mm-hmm. And we've got to have a that that's what that's what's so frustrating about um, many Christians falling into the CRT um, mindset and the ideology and using the language of 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 you know. Christian nationalism, whatever that means, they still haven't. I mean, I still haven't found a, a, a solid definition of what that is. And colonization, and and just this idea that um, it's just it's just white people everywhere they go, they're a plague, and they they just conquer people. Yeah, and not seeing that God accomplishes good out of even evil, the evil intentions of men. Yeah. And uh, we we need to have a high view of God's providence. That doesn't mean that we just sit back and we're like, "Oh, that was everything that happened was good." Right. The Roman Empire was evil, right? Um, but it's all part of God's plan to um, to spread the gospel. Mm-hmm. Without without um, Alexander the Great and the Greeks conquering the known world and Hellenizing, making everything Greek, so yeah. that everyone there's a there's a common language. Yeah. Just like English is is you know the common language nowadays. Mm-hmm. Without it, um, you would have had translation problems. Yeah, right. Um, but because of it, Paul and the the apostles they can write the New Testament in Greek, and it can go everywhere. And there's someone who can read it. Yeah. Um, without the Romans conquering the Greeks and um, spreading out their empire and bringing the about the Pax Romana and, and building the roads and, and making it safer to travel, um, the gospel couldn't have spread like it did. Yeah. So God and his pro that doesn't mean that the Roman Empire conquering people and being an occupying force and crucifying, you know, <laughs> thousands of people was good. It just means that this is part of God's providence. Yeah. And you know what? To live in uh in that time period in in the areas that Rome had conquered, like I said, if you're honest about it, like Saul tries to be, the common person gets to live with protection. You don't. Th- there's no threat of barbarians raiding here. Right. I can just live a peaceful life yeah. as a commoner, have be more educated, have better health. Uh, so there's all kinds of things that go on to this. I- I'm sure if given the choice... We don't have to maintain right. an army because there's the Roman army right. that will defend us. If given the choice at that time, you'd probably say, yeah, I'd rather live in this conquered area than like in a part they hadn't conquered yet. Yeah. Like ha- eventually they went to England. Yeah. But before they went there, you know, my I guess I'm from southern England, right? Mm-hmm. So um my my people, I'm sure your people at, were at one time barbarians. Yeah. Like paint their bodies up with like blue paint <laughs> and like yeah. do human sacrifice mm-hmm. and kind of weird yeah. stuff. And they get conquered. Yeah. And they probably didn't love it. Right. But guess what? And evil was done to them. Evil was done to them, but it brought them out of the Stone Ages. Right. And then eventually, um, 
as they progressed, they'd get conquered again. Like people would raid again from. Yeah, I mean, it's a story. It's the history of of mankind. Right, and, and it's it. We we view. We need to view history this way. Um, the slave trade was evil. The the transatlantic slave trade was evil, where they were kidnapping people from Africa and selling them over in in America. That was evil. God's word is is very clear on that. Uh, these people deserve the death penalty for doing this. Um. But does God accomplish good? Did he accomplish good for people who were being kidnapped out of pagan Africa and brought to America where they could hear the gospel? Absolutely. Mm. Would you rather be a slave in America and believe the gospel and spend eternity with Jesus or be a free a free pagan in Africa and, and die and go to hell? Yeah. Right, that we we have to we have to have a Christian worldview, mm-hmm. and the world the world the the unbelieving world is going to reject this. Right, there there can be no good in the slave trade. Well, they at at all, and they'll also try to tie Christianity to the slave trade. Right, where we can actually point to the scriptures and say, look, they're actually violating scripture. Right, uh, and if they are claiming to be a Christian and involved in it, they're mm-hmm. in violation of God's word. You can't right. steal another man; it's a death penalty. Right. Um. The world is much more complicated place than what people make it. Yeah. Uh, so two thoughts. Vody Bauckham has said, Vody Bauckham, African-American, descendant of slaves, mm-hmm. has said, and he and he uh, is right now in Africa, uh, the head of a seminary, right? Yes. So he's in Africa, and he, t- he says this, the best place to be a black man in the world is the United States of America, mm. without a doubt. Um, he can say that. I don't understand... I can't understand that perspective, but he's—that's what he says. Um, I believe him. I've not been to Africa. I don't know what it's like there. Yeah, he's been all over the world, and that's—I mean—that's the providence of, of God playing out. Yeah. Um, we we need to pursue righteousness. We need to pursue the kingdom of God. We need to be faithful to the scriptures. We need to um, call out wickedness when we see it, injustice when we see it, um, while at the same time holding a high view of God's sovereignty and that the things that happen in this world happen because God has decreed it. Right. So, okay, we we, we kind of dovetailed into a we lot did. of stuff. <laughs> but we'll bring it back. Yeah. What started this was the Roman soldier who's the yeah. occupying force. Right. We started talking about like a colonization, which has always occurred. White people didn't invent that. Right. <laughs> Genghis Khan's not a white person. Yeah, white. Did you know that, George? You're, you're gonna hear you're gonna hear CRT advocates say that slavery was invented by white people right anyone with half a brain knows that that is ridiculous yeah didn't you know genghis khan was white right (laughs) Right. i think it's so crazy that uh, Uh, the the slavery that still exists in the middle east yeah like this we did not you give us too much credit right Mm -hmm. (laughs) we're not the source of all evil the human condition is fallen yeah um and so we asked the question, the question is about uh, the use of force and the military. What should our military be like? Well, it should be uh, filled with, I think, professional, moral, hopefully moral people. That's my fear today is that yeah. the further and further that we get away from uh, God as yeah. a country, the more immoral our military will become. You don't yeah. want an immoral military. That's bad news, right? Um, you know, going back to that that commercial, it's all cutesy. 
cartoon. You know, there's nothing. There's nothing really hard or serious about the military here. Um, and we've got this story of this girl who grew up in California with two moms, and they were such an inspiration. And she just wants to fulfill her calling. Um, if she's if she is holding to these ideas of you know homosexuality and um she's not a moral person mm. and here she is in the in the military i can imagine that she probably holds some other immoral attitudes she has a, she has a distorted worldview and so we've got an immoral person you can dress it up with a cartoon and and you can have this you know this cute little story about her two moms and um there's some there's some dangerous stuff that that's not being said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. George Washington created the military chaplaincy uh, mm-hmm. because he said he want he did not want immoral soldiers. Yeah. There's a lot in our history you've got to, to try to come to, to to grasp. Okay, he he's trying to stand up a a military that can take on the superpower of the world. They've got to be good soldiers, disciplined, uh, willing to do hard things. He doesn't want them immoral. Right. So he commissions the chaplain corps, <clears throat> and these are Christian chaplains. Okay. Right. He's not going. Hey, you know what? We need to get some uh, Muslim chaplains in here. We need some Wiccans and some Buddhists. We've got to have diversity. Yeah. Uh, that's that's that what he did. He wanted them to hold to the Judeo-Christian ethic, right? If you're gonna if they, you're gonna we, be involved, we we can we uh, we can definitely say they weren't all Christians. Of like course, we they we, we don't we don't need to to put blinders on and say that that um, everyone in the military was a Christian, but right. they had a Christian worldview, right? Like the the worldview of Christianity was dominant for yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can look through and you can see, you know, war crimes are going to be committed. It's going to be pretty hard to commit a war crime when you view the other person as an image bearer of God, right? right? And it does bring up difficult things. You know, even Luther was, he was, he grappled with this stuff. I'd have to try to look up and find this quote directly, but he said, what's a, a Christian in war? What is the, what is the most loving thing you can do for your enemy? Kill them as fast as possible, mm. right? Because war is a terrible thing. Right. People have said war is hell, um, and if and if it comes to that, well, what do you do? Well, you're not going to, you know, you're not seeking to maim and torture people. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, it could could be resolved peacefully. But if not, you've got to have people that are willing to at least have some sense of. Uh, Morality. That seems strange, probably, for people to think about yeah. when you're engaged in this profession. You've got to not like doing what you're doing, <clears throat> and you've got to seek to have it finished as quickly as possible. Right. In many cases, that means there's got to be a quick victory. Yeah. So, you know, it. Where, where do we go? I mean, we're in trouble if that's the only people that we have. Uh, if it's China and their masculine, ten million man army. I mean, what do we do? I, I don't know. Go, going up against the girl from California with two moms. Yeah. Um, we need to encourage maybe Christians to raise their children to not be opposed to joining the military. Yeah. Right? 
um, to be, so, you know, you can be salt and light everywhere. Right. It's important thing, important thing to do. Yeah. So, interesting topics today, George. We went really long on this, didn't we? We did. Well, we chased a couple of rabbits today. Yeah, we, yeah, we did. Hopefully, it was beneficial, though. Hopefully so. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, before we end, we need we forgot to announce on uh, Text Driven Tuesday that that was going to be the last one for a little while. Yeah, that'll be the last one for the summer. I'm going to try to see if I can republish some of the old ones. Okay. Like on the problem of evil. Okay. So I've had some people ask me a few things, and I'm like, were you here when we... They're like, no, we weren't here. I don't even know about that podcast. So I'm like, okay. I don't know if I can republish them. If I can't republish them, I'll post them on Facebook on Tuesdays. Okay. Um, so that'll be up. They'll be new for you if you've... Because we've got a lot of listeners recently. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... All right. Well, we wanted to make sure that people knew that uh, yeah. so that on Tuesdays they weren't uh, searching for the podcast. That's right. Right. Okay. Well, uh, thank you for joining us today for this Free For All Friday. Hopefully it was beneficial for you. Hopefully it gave you some things to think about. Of course, we're always trying to get you to think about um, these issues from a biblical worldview. We, we're not trying to just express our opinions and uh, our likes and dislikes. We're trying to come back to Scripture and, and ask, what does God's Word say? And so hopefully that's what we've done, and it encourages you to study your Bible more. Um, and uh, of course, always our aim is that you might be more and more conformed to Christ. 